Are you ready to start busting the overwhelm that keeps you frustrated and stressed so you can experience peace and freedom? Well, let's have a free, no obligation chat. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. All spelled out M I S T E R, mrproductivity.com, and click the coaching tab and hop on a free call with me. Let me see how I can help you. Todd Cochran is the CEO of Blueberry Podcasting, a podcast media company that represents over 105,000 audio and video podcasters in which his company provides advertising opportunities, media distribution and hosting, podcast media statistics and other services. He is also a podcast advertising specialist. Todd, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. I love talking shop. I love talking podcasting. And I'm glad you're on the show because I've had a couple of friends of mine who wanted to get into podcasting. And the first thing I told them, I said, don't do it for the money. <laughs> right. You're not Joe Rogan. You're not going to get a $100 million Spotify contract. And because podcasting, as you know, is really hot right now. And people jump in thinking, thinking that they're going to get massive advertisers and massive uh, endorsement deals. It doesn't happen in the beginning. I've been doing it for five and a half years and I still don't have Joe Rogan down road, down roads. And I don't think down roads downloads. And I, that's, he's an outlier to look at the top 20 podcasters on the Apple podcast charts. Those are outliers. Most people are not going to get millions of downloads per episode. Yeah. I call those the 3%, you know, and those are usually the 3% that are monetized. Hmm. while the rest of us, the 97%, well, 50% of that 97% don't want to make any money because they have a different goal. But, you know, luckily, the the remaining folks, actually more opportunities are starting to open up for them. Hmm. One of the things I have done early on is I don't have advertisements on my podcast, so I, I get everybody to go to my website or to get on a, a discovery call with me. So that's what I'm using. Like I have a pre-roll, I have a pre-roll, an outro, and then right in the middle, dead center in the middle, I, I have my lead magnet, which is like 15 seconds, so you really can't fast forward over it. Sure. That's been very effective for me. I, I think when people go out and get all the shall we say, low-hanging fruit of advertising, the audibles, the 99 designs, and they front load all their ads like Joe Rogan. Well, he can get away with it. Tim Ferriss can get away with it. You, meaning the the regular listener and myself, I can't get away with that because people are going to skip it or they're going to go to another podcast. So you really have to know your audience. And I think it comes down to serving them first. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, it, it truly is. And, you know, even with my personal show that I've been doing now 18 years, wow. you know, I, I found that really, even though that show is about 50 to 70 minutes, depending on the episode, uh, if I had a had two mid rolls, that was about all the audience could handle. If I did a third, I started losing audience. Mm-hmm. Now, today I do a pre roll. I do a 30 second pre roll and a mid-roll and no effect of the numbers and performance stays up on those ads. So again, I think it's truly about finding out, finding, you know, what your audience will accept giving them a reason why you're running the advertising or the lead magnet or whatever. Again, the goal of the show is so they understand that, you know, for me, it's been pretty simple. Keep the lights on, keep the insurance paid, you know, allow me to do this and continue to bring great content. That's been a big part of the goal. 
of the show. And the sponsor's been the one that's really been been the one that's been able to allow me to do that. 18 years. Oh my goodness. I mean, I know Joe Rogan started, I think Christmas Eve, 2004. So that's around, you started around the same time. I started uh, October, 2004. So I probably was literally one of the first 40 to 50 podcasters. I don't know where my number's at, but it was very, very early, October 9th, 2004. So pretty early. Now, there were no podcast players. There were no iPhones back then. So how did you listen for the benefit of the listeners? How did you listen to a podcast when there was no podcast player? Well, there were some apps uh, and it was really very mechanical. Um, I have a little device. It's, uh, it's somewhere here. It was basically a little itty bitty MP3 player. Oh, had, 200, had a 256K of memory. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you basically USB cord it to your computer and you sunk, you synced it. So wow. basically there was an app called iPodder and Lemon and couples. And they actually looked at the RSS feeds. They were the ease, the early days. A podcast apps and it would basically at two o'clock in the morning, it would download all the new episodes, sync it to your device. And then you could walk out the house with a brand new. Now at that time, most people were encoding very, very low 32 K maybe. And you could get eight or 10 episodes on one of those devices, but that's it. So to be a fan, you had to be a super fan. So that's why I, truly believe and it's even true today that uh, you know podcasts are having their own dot com basically to drive that inbound traffic via google and other places is is still super highly critical now they don't have to struggle to listen anymore it's on every app and device i think there's a hundred plus devices that can consume podcasts today wow so things have changed dramatically obviously and the, the hosting was there was no hosting either we had to pay for it in the early days <laughs> Yeah, I remember in the I read a story about Joe Rogan in the early days that he actually now he's got a big team, but back then he used to do all the HTML coding, everything himself. Yep. You probably did the same thing. There was no Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, none of that stuff. You had to do all the the hard end on on the beginning to get the people to be able to listen to your show. Yeah, Apple jumped in the game of July of 05. And you but at that point, the RSS actually, believe it or not, was starting to it was quick, quick development. I was on movable type, which was a content management system. WordPress was starting to, you know, make its way in the scene. So the hand coding of RSS feeds really, well, for the hardcore lasted a long time, but for those that wanted automated, it, 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 there was tools pretty quickly within a year, but still you had to be pretty nerdy. Wow. Now, what I find fascinating, I've been doing, I launched my podcast on July 7, 2017, uh, a nod to Gary Vaynerchuk, because I heard him in the spring of 2017 say that everyone should have a podcast. And so I went to Google and typed in those magic words. How do I start a podcast? Sure. And when I look at my statistics, I I now host my podcast on Kajabi Podcast, because that's where my website is and my membership and my courses. And the number one platform, not even close, where people listen is Apple Podcasts, which I think is interesting. I have friends of mine, they're num- they're hosted number one on Spotify. Some have Pandora. And I think it's interesting that mine is like 75% on Apple Podcasts. So I stopped promoting my podcast 
on Spotify and Google Podcasts, if most of my downloads are coming from Apple Podcasts, well, I should just promote it from there. Am I wrong or is that a smart thing for me to do? I think that's a bad choice on your part, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Yeah, because you got to think about it. Um, Even though Apple Podcasts, we we measure about 100,000 shows. And for us, Apple is about 50% at this point. Uh, our Spotify numbers for the 100,000 shows is pretty low, around 8%. But Google Podcasts, on the other hand, which, of course, we've had, um, uh, or Android specifically, uh, our customers have really been in tune in getting Android customers to listen to the show because of a service that we've had online for, for many years called Subscribe on Android. And it basically allows one-click subscription, just like it is in Apple, across about a dozen or so apps. So uh, really, we've trained those podcasters to to promote everything. Now, Spotify is huge outside the United States on the Android platform. I don't my show doesn't get any hard listens on Spotify either because it's a tech show. So it really doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. So also where people listen often derive about the type of devices they have. Um, if you're listening to entertainment, you're probably on, you might be on Spotify because you're listening to music, but if you're listening to a business show, you're probably Apple or Google, uh, you, you know, one of those two platforms. But I think that you have to give the key is really the key is giving the Android listener and the Apple listener the, an opportunity to describe your show and a way to find you. And that's really can be solved very, very simply by just having a couple of links on your main page of your website to say, Hey, your Android listener, come over here, you know, find the link, click on it, subscribe to the show. And doesn't matter then which device. My audience uh, is about 20% Android. So they're listening on a variety of Android apps, uh, including Google Podcasts. So I think you have to you just make sure. And it, what it is, it's untapped audience. Most people don't have two phones. I do because I'm in business. I have an Android and a, uh, an, an iPhone. So... I think it's key not to disenfranchise the the Android users. I think it's smart to promote both. Oh, that's very interesting. I never thought about that. When I look at my numbers, I think number one is Apple Podcast. Number two is Overcast. Number three is uh, Podcast Addict. Number four is my Kajabi website. I, I don't get why people listen to long-form audio on a podcast, but apparently people are doing it. Spotify is not even my top five, and neither is Google Podcast. But I, I, I'm going to take what you said. And think about it because it makes a lot of sense, especially because Google is the largest search engine in the yeah. world. And so maybe what I'll do when I promote my podcast on, you know, Twitter, I'll alternate between Apple Podcasts and Google uh, Podcasts. Or, going or back just have back. a landing page you send them to on your website. Never send them to Apple or, or always send them to your website. And from there, they can choose to pick which platform because you don't care where they listen as long as they listen. But you want to get them to the website to have that choice of of a subscription and make it easy for them to find it. Don't bear it on page three of your website. Well, and they put it right up there up front. That's interesting. Cause I do have a podcast page on my website and it lists all the players, but what I've been doing on, on Twitter, and I don't have a lot of followers on Twitter sure. is I will, you know, talk about the episode and then I'll put the Apple podcast link, which is clickable. So if they see it in Twitter, they just yep. click the link. It takes right to Apple podcast, but you're suggesting sending to my podcast page and at the top of my podcast page is the most recent episode. And then it's got all the podcast players underneath. Is that what you're talking about? Send it yeah. I, 
I, I you know, if, if you come to my personal website, you'll see right on the sidebar, uh, all those links to link to. And basically, here's my, my thought process. And this is based upon all these years of doing shows is I build my brand on my dot com. Everyone that listens to my show knows where I live, where I belong. Mm-hmm. And where they can find my lead magnet, where they can find merch, all that stuff is on my website, right? So it makes sense if someone's listening to you and they've discovered you somehow if they're already listening. So if they're already listening, just tell them, subscribe on the app that you're on now. Um, but what you're really trying to do is you're trying to capture those that are discovering you through alternative medicine and methods. Maybe they've come to the website. So oh, there's a podcast here. Let me listen to it but make it easy for them to subscribe. But if they're already listening, you don't have to worry. You don't have to sell them on where to get it. What you need to sell is your listener telling a friend of theirs where to go to get the show. Cause that you're listening. Yeah. Because your listener is going to say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to Mark's show. I love it. It's got great stuff. Go over to his website, com, or whatever the domain is. And you'll see right on that website a place to subscribe to the podcast. Or they're going to say, hey, give me your phone and I'll subscribe you if you've got an Apple or Android or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I've done that a lot too. So I think the use cases on how you get people to follow. But my website is, and the, what we our strategy that we give content creators is drive them to the .com. You great episode titles, great write-ups. Do you win that Google search game to not find the show, but to find the episode, the specific episode that they're looking for information on. So I say record for your audience, write for Google, and you will, you'll find great success over time. Uh, that's the key here. Yeah, that's interesting because what I do is I use Buffer to push out my podcast episodes, I think four times a day on you on Twitter. And if I keep sending the podcast page, they're not going to know because I talk about this episode and I say go to my podcast play uh, page, Right. The episode may not be there if I'm doing it like four weeks later. So that's why I give them the specific link. Yeah. But what you're saying is making some sense. So I'm going to, you know, I always you, tell you, you do a B testing. That's the beauty of this. That's, on a, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, do a little of each. And okay. I think you'll find the best strategy there. And again, in the end, if you look at your Google traffic and go to Google Analytics, for what's happening on your website, where are they going when they come to the website? Are they stay, are they going? Are they leaving? Are they clicking in? You know, where where is that? Where are they going on the website? You'll learn a lot just by looking at the flow of how people use your website. And the main thing is, is you got to catch them in that first two or three seconds. If you yeah. don't, page loads, they go, oh, they scan it. Yep, this is what I'm looking for. Oh, oh, there's a podcast. Uh, nope, this is not one. And they're gone. So really you've got, two or three seconds there to catch them and everything above the fold is like critical. Yeah. If if you have too much album art or too much art and you're taking up half the page with just some big flashy art, well, that's dumb. Yeah. Because you're, you're wasting real estate that people can get an idea who you are and see if they want to, you know, form a relationship with you. Yeah. This is November, 2022. Most people's websites are fast loading. They are mobile responsive, but I've come across some, Looks like they haven't updated since 1990 yeah, and their current yeah. websites. And yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's everything's got to be mobile first now for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. So you're an advertising specialist. I have a love hate relationship with advertising. So Me too. this is, here, here's my reason is I'm a daily runner. And so when I'm out running, 
I don't want to hear an ad. Okay. And so I've been going back to audiobooks because there's no ads in, in audiobooks. But I think that advertising done right can be effective. And I'm, I talk about this all, all the time with my wife, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this. I think instead of having all these really expensive ads on any sporting event, Super Bowl or any sport, I'm a big fan of uh, European football, which is soccer here in America. They don't have any commercials during the game, during the halves. There's none. That's why they have advertisers all over their jerseys and on the sideboards of the, of the pitch. But I think shorter is better. So I think if you do like a 15-second commercial instead of a minute commercial, number one, people can't fast forward through it. Number two, you have to be really concise with your, your message. And, you know, we all see these advertisings, these cars. It's like it doesn't. Maybe it works for other people, but when I see people out driving a car on some winding road out in the mountains, that doesn't want me to make me go buy the car. And I think I'm a big student of a Gary Vaynerchuk. I think the way we do advertising nowadays has got to change because we're more of a mobile society than we've ever had before. And we have shorter attention spans. Am I right? Well, you know, advertising is one of those deals where sometimes you're beholden to the deal on the ad deal. (laughs) So as an example, you know, you know, I just talk about podcast advertising specifically, 30 and 60 spots are pretty normal. And with their hosts endorsed, they typically go longer because the host, you know, they embellish, um, you know, having had the same sponsor in my show since June of 05, you would think that that would get a bit repetitiveness <laughs> um, and people would be getting sick and tired of it. But because the way my show is structured and the way I've grown my show over the years, I've got new listeners coming in all the time. The ads, not the ad that I'm placing in the podcast for GoDaddy, my sponsor is not for the listener who's been listening for 10 years. It's for that new listener. So I have to go through this continual kind of like an education of what the product is, what it's about, what the offer is and get it out there and get it, get it through to them. So from my perspective and doing ads for my own show, it's really about an education standpoint and making a conversation and what's available and what you can do and some thoughts and ideas. Um, when it comes to television and all that type of stuff, well, you know, they've already figured out what their science is and they've got people make a lot more money than I will ever make ha- having to figure out the psychology of advertising. But I think in podcasting, the key here is don't waste listeners' time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can do the ad in a way to not waste listeners' time and make them feel that they've gotten something out of it, then then you've done a, a good job. So 1,630 episodes, how do I make GoDaddy sound interesting each and every time? Well, I probably don't. But again, I'm not, it's for those new listeners listening to the show, giving them an opportunity to to support the sponsor. Now, the the ad spots themselves on most of these pre-rolls are coming out, the programmatic ads, they, they're 30 seconds and they sound like radio ads and they're not great. Um, so I think that a, a little more creative writing to stick to a spot, a tight spot would be great. Um, and that's why host endorse and host read podcast ads do the best when the podcaster is able to manipulate the copy a little bit. Um so I don't think it's going to change. I think ad load is the biggest danger in the podcasting space, putting too many ads in. Uh, one thing's for sure, listeners that listen to my show know that sometimes they're going to get a 30-second pre-roll and they can hit the fast forward if they want to listen to it, don't want to listen to it. 
but that mid roll is where the true value is at because often their phone's in their pocket and, the, and they'll sit through my 60 seconds of talking about GoDaddy. So, uh, you know, and, and if you're looking, here's another idea. If you love podcasts and you're sick of their ads, then ask them to go premium. Tell wow. them to put a premium episode out. Uh, we're working on some stuff with Apple right now called Apple Delegated Delivery. Content creator just has to set up their premium account with Google. They publish their show the same way they would normally. They can put one episode up ad-free, one episode non-ad-free. That non-ad-free goes to the free folks. The ad-free goes to people they are paying five bucks a month or whatever it may be. Um, so there's another alternative. So I tell content creators all the time, like you, 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 you listen to some content and you're like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this ad. <laughs> It's a podcast. Say, hey, I'll support you every month if you put out an ad-free version of your show. And this is where I listen and give them some incentive to, you know, and be able to support them. At the same time, you don't have to be annoyed when you're out on a run. (laughs) I, uh, like I said, I'm on Kajabi Podcast. They do have paid podcasts. I've not, I've been thinking about having a paid podcast but I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it because right now I'm still I'm a solopreneur trying to, I'm trying to figure sure. out how it would fit, but it's cause you do it on Kadali podcast, Apple, Google, probably you're in your service, but you, you gotta, like, if you don't have ads like I don't, you gotta really have, why would I want to pay for it? Okay. I don't get any ads on Mark's pot real main podcast. Right, free. Right. Why would I want to pay for it? So my dilemma is well, I've sure. got to create another podcast that is going to, give you even more value right. than the current podcast. And that's a because, challenge. Right. Cause you're, you're not going to charge a hundred bucks a month for it. Right. So no. you gotta, you gotta balance it. And if people want to shell out their, pull up their credit cards, gotta be something of value. Let's talk about people who are thinking about getting into podcasting. Is it too late? Has podcasting reached this pinnacle? Is it going to decrease or do you see it continue to stay on fire in the years to come? Well, here's the thing. Everyone gets scared. There's all 4.1 million podcasts out there. Well, <laughs> there's about 1.5 million of those that are dead as a result of a free podcast offering service. People just go over there and try it and they say, test, test, test to the mic and they get one episode out. And then there's, <laughs> that's it. And that's, that counts as a one. It's really a zero. Um, so in, truly in the podcasting space today, there's about 400,000 active shows across 30 some categories. So if you do the math on that, you're really probably competing with less than 10,000 shows. Still, that's still not that big of a number if you consider YouTube and blogs and everything TikTok else out and, there. Yeah. And, and if you even narrow that down even further, not all of those are weekly shows. So I say if you're going to be, if you're passionate about a content category and you can put out a weekly show and be consistent with that content and put a little time in marketing. So you're going to have whatever time you have involved in creating the episode, maybe spend an equal amount of time marketing that and reaching your tribe through social media and other places, you will have the opportunity to build a a very decent following. But again, I also do a but, uh, but you are going to have to do that for a couple of years and you need to be able to talk about your content topic for a couple of years to build that, that audience up. So there's plenty, plenty, plenty of room in the space right now for more content creators. But the the problem I see is a lot of people are chasing categories. They want to do true crime when they know nothing about true crime. (laughs) Uh, They, 
they'll do an interview show where they don't know the first place to go find people to interview. So I think the key here is really kind of figuring, number one, what's that goal? What's the goal of the show? And I, this is the thing I tell the content creators that have been podcasting it a year, 10 years, or thinking about doing a new show. Do you really know what the goal of your show is? If you do, then you can build the content of your show to meet that goal. My goal when I started was authority. And second was monetization because it was costing me a ton of money to do the show because we didn't have hosting services like ours at the time. So I met the goal of building authority over a couple of years and achieved a couple of things I wanted to achieve. So I think the key here really is about, um, again, deciding what the goal is. You're using it for lead magnet. Are you using it to get people in your front door? And if you are a brick and mortar business, do you have the capability of being global or be a full U.S. business or instead of just your region? So that's something you have to consider when you're doing podcasting. Are you ready to take on clients in California when you're in New Jersey? Um, it's part of this process that you're going to have to go through and create content. And sometimes people just want to hang out, talk with their friends, drink a beer and do a podcast about, you know, the latest things on the tap or what's going on in life. So really, it, it runs the full gamut. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at overwhelmsucks.com. What I find interesting is you mentioned the 4 million plus podcast. My podcast comes out three to four days a week which is insane most people don't it is do that. i've heard that it's like a two or three percent people like update like once a week or whatever the number you'd know the numbers better than i would but i saw an article not too long ago from buzzsprout that says because everybody wants to know is my podcast winning because right. we look at joe rogan which is not sure. a good thing to compare against and they said if you get 30 or more downloads at the end of seven days for an episode you're better than half the podcast out there and think that's, about that. If you get 30 people listening to your show within seven days, that's 30 people that listen. Don't forget about the Joe Rogans. Sure. It means 30 people listen to your show. And I, I think people need to stop going, well, I'm not getting 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 downloads. But yeah, but if you get like, say, 500 a month and these people are listening every month, you should be happy. You should be proud of that because these people are trusting you yep. and yep. your voice. And I think we got to lower the bar a little bit and, and celebrate our wins. Blueberry's average number is much higher than that, but it's because we have a little different strategy on how we want creators to build their shows. Um, where the shows don't reside at Blueberry, it's few do because folks don't have their own separate websites. So we really believe in the ability of podcasters to build their own brands on their .coms. That's why we have the PowerPress plugin that, again, about uh, 60,000 shows use it actively to 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 basically publish their show on their .com. They're not beholden to any other uh, brand. Um, but I think in the end, going back to your point, um, when someone calls me and they say, well, I'm worried about my numbers and we, we look at their numbers and I bring up Google and I went to the image section and I say, type 500 people. Show me what 500 people look like. And then we put that on the screen and, I'm, and then my approach changes. I say, Okay, you now you're visualizing what 500 people look like. Let's take that a step further. And tomorrow, 
during your next episode, you're going to present that in an auditorium live in front of those 500 people. Would your approach and your time and your dedication of how you put the content out be different? And if you say yes, then therein lies a problem. Mm. If, if you, you have to prepare accordingly, if you want a 10,000 listener audience, you have to treat those 500 as if they were 10,000 and keep that visualization in fact, and you will have a much better show because you, if, if, if and I know when I'm going to speak in front of 500 people, which I do on a regular basis, I tend, even though I'm here, you know, I'm being a little hypercritical or being a little, what that's not the word. I'm being a little, uh, uh, hyper, hypochondriac in that, or maybe that's not even the word. Um, I prepare a little more than I would if I was doing my regular show. Now, my regular podcast has a very big audience, a uh, football stadium audience. So if you keep that in mind, you're, you'll come to the table prepared to do a fantastic show and a fantastic presentation each and every time. That's why Joe Rogan is as big as he is. He knows what it is to present in front of those many people and keep them entertained and engaged and again, not waste their time. And also, content listeners build you into their lives. You're doing a show three, four times a week. I would say that the minimum is once a week because if you're not there the following Tuesday, when they expect you to be, they're going to fill you with somebody else that is and they may replace you. So you have to be in their ear because they build you into their lives. Listeners do. Mm-hmm. Which is why, like, we just recorded this yesterday. So I, I flip my episodes up the next day. And if someone cancels on a Monday interview, I create a solo episode for the reason awesome. you just said, because they're expecting an episode on sure. Tuesday. And so sure. if I go, well, Todd blew in, I'm just going to not do an episode while well, that listener's going to go, wait a minute. And so I do a solo episode every Sunday. And every Wednesday, so Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, now I'm adding Thursday interviews to Friday. So I'm trying to keep consistent because one of the things I learned in the real early days of my podcasting is stay consistent. So don't do Monday and then the next Thursday and then skip a week and do Wednesday because then your audience is going to go, I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. But if you're going to, like I do Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Stay, stick to that. And then people know, okay, it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I know I'm going to do an episode of the Mark Chesky podcast. Now, right. to your point, if you're new, and one of the things that I learned in the beginning from Dave Jackson and Rob Waltz is like, don't do interviews when you first start because there's too many moving parts. I remember the first 17 episodes of my show, I'm up to like almost 1,200 now. I was so nervous and it was just me doing the interviews. I couldn't imagine having an interviewer mm-hmm. uh, interviewing someone. And then I started doing interviews and probably after about two years of that, I don't do a lot of um, prep. And here's my, here's why I don't do that. One day I forgot to do, uh, do any prep. And I just decided, let me put my listening ears on to say what judge Judy used to say all the time. Sure. And I listened to the guests and I started getting the flow and I, and now you can't do this right out of the gate unless you come from radio or yep. a report yep. or something like that. But I listened to my guests and I also learned to shut up more and let the guests talk. Now it took me many years to discover this. I mean, you're a veteran. I'm, I'm like a baby compared to you, but the thing is you got to really listen. And I'm sure you've been on those shows as I have where you, you 
pretty sure you said something profound. And the interviewer just goes to the next question. I'm like, that's not active listening. You, I know you have your questions. Like, I have no questions for you, Todd, because we're talking about podcasting. Sure. I love podcasting. But you got to listen to the guest. I think that's one of the secrets to being a good interviewer. You got to listen to what they're saying because they may say something that causes you to go, whoa, let's investigate that. There's an interesting thing we've learned over the, that I've learned over the years. And it was just because of doing so many shows. My solo show for me, I've done solo, my primary show again since October 04. And what I decided in those early days was I basically didn't take a time. Well, I had, I took 10 days off and I lost my father around the year two mark, but I didn't take any other time off. And there's actually a great story to go along with that, but there's, um, probably five to eight years. I never took a break. Never, never at twice a week, five to eight years. And then I gave myself some breaks over then just because I was doing so much building a business. It was crazy. And, um, so suffered a little bit when I didn't take a break once in a while, but you have to, again, I put the time in, in upfront to do that. Now the new media show, which I do with, uh, Rob Greenlee, him and I've been at that 10 years and we do that once a week. We did it twice a week, a little bit during COVID. But what we found with that show was when it was him and I solo, we had more listeners listening to that episode than we did when we'd have guests. We want to have guests because it, gives us good conversation, a little more banter back and forth, a little more topics, diversity. But the audience was always bigger because they wanted to come listen to Todd and Rob. They didn't want to listen to Todd, Rob and guess 162. <laughs> um, so it was that was the interesting thing, the dynamic we found with the new media show. With my main show, Geek New Central, where I do a solo show, um, I, I wouldn't have it any way. I would still be doing that show because having a guest or having a co-host, there's too many crazy variables there mm -hmm. and having a co-host and re being able to rely on them and life and everything else. Um, so I think your strategy is, is a good one where you kind of do an intermix of solo and, and interviews. The show that we do for the company for Blueberry, for Blueberry Cod podcasting is like, if I'm out, there's like four of us that are in rotation, Mike, McKenzie, myself, Dave, we all rotate whoever's available does the episode. So it gives the audience quite a bit of diversity of hearing different team members too. So, um, and that's again, a little bit different because it's a business related show. So I think that you know, there's no secret formula to podcasting, but right. consistency is really the most important thing. I had this crazy goal in, uh, I think, Christmas 2020. I said, I'm going to do a new episode every day in 2021. I, I guess I thought I was Gary V or something. It was How crazy. long did you last? I only made uh, mid-October. I made the mid-October. <laughs> but what happened is like I was doing, the secret of my success, Todd, is I was doing five interviews a week. So I'm like, okay, five. I only do two solo episodes. But then when a guest canceled, and guests canceled, people get sick, kids mm -hmm, get sick, sure. whatever. And it would cause me a lot of stress because I had my whole day planned <laughs> out. Todd wouldn't show up because his kid got sick. I'm right. like, oh, now I have to. It got to be, I mean, it, my show did pretty good, but it got to be really stressful. I told my wife in like October of 21, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. It's a lot of stress <laughs> when you have a team. And even like Gary V has a huge team. So they yep, just take yep. all his keynotes and make episodes. But when sure. you have to create an episode. It, it's really difficult. I, I will never do that again. It's and, just, and that's be, a crazy. And be honest, you with three to four episodes a week, 
I'm worried about you because here's the thing. I've seen individuals that do five shows a week. And the longest I've ever seen anyone last five episodes a week was about four and a half years. And it was a scripted show. So it was even more stress. So I would, I would caution you is if you start to feel like this weight on your shoulder and it's like, man, this is killing me. This is not fun anymore. Don't be afraid to change things up. Tell the audience, listen, I, I, I'm going to hit a wall here. If I, in, in your, your, the content's going to suffer. If I, so don't be afraid from going to three to four to two to one. Don't be afraid of making that change. Just tell the audience why. And I, what I have found with my audience is, as I said, at a certain point, I said, listen, I said, been here twice a week. We tried guest hosts. When I go on vacation, you guys always complain about it. So when I go out on vacation, I'm going to be out for two weeks. Or if I'm on travel, I'm not doing a show when I'm on travel. It's just go listen to something else. I'll be back. And But the audience had been with me long enough that they said, okay, we understand. Um, and and give me a break. But someone that's new, I say, don't miss that first two years. You got to stick to the schedule the first two years. Absolutely. And if you're doing seasons, season one ends on Friday and season two begins the following Monday. Mm-hmm. So... I get a lot of grief over telling that to people, but if you're an Oprah, you can get away with taking a three month break, <laughs> but most of us are not that individual. Yeah. Right now there's no pressure on me. I mean, if a guest like my Thursday guest cancels, I, I don't make a solo episode for sure. that because I'm not doing an episode every day anymore. Right. And what I found I, I'm in this rhythm right now, Todd. So I'm really big on these Thank short you. form videos for TikTok and YouTube oh, awesome. shorts. So I create, I come up with a concept. I create a short, then I create a solo episode. Then I create a blog post. So I've got all the you know, video, audio, and podcast. But if I'm not feeling it, I'm not going to put out crap yep. content to the audience. Yep. So I just started doing the Sunday and Wednesday. But my key thing is there's an episode every Tuesday. That's a bare minimum. Right. So whether it's a guest episode or not, Smart. you'll get an episode every Tuesday. Now, I do the other ones because my, my solo episodes are probably not as long as yours. They're probably between 8 and 15 minutes. They're nice. not that long. And I, I'm not feeling pressure, but I agree with you hundred percent. If I started feeling like I don't want to do this anymore, yep. I will pull back because yeah. my audience will suffer. That's right. It will. And, and they'll, they'll know it before you do. Yep. <laughs> yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's amazing how you could take a 45 P 45 second, uh, TikTok video and stretch it in a 10 minute video. And the, people ask me, how do you do that? Well, because if I'm giving you five tips to be more productive on TikTok. Well, I'm not elaborating. So I just take those same points and elaborate a little bit more, but I'm not going to make a six hour podcast. Sure. I'm not Joe Rogan. Who's the other guy who does six or seven hour podcast? I can't think of his name. Um, well, I, I know the no agenda show. They do three hours. There's a um, guy out there. He does like one episode a month and oh, oh he's like a five or six or seven hour podcast. I can't think. The yeah, there's, and, and there's one guy that does those. Uh, his, he's a history show, yes. but he doesn't always do one a month. It might come out every two months, but yeah, it's uh, they're long, but they're really, really good. Yeah. But again, well, I can't remember the name. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who used to, well, it was a guest on the show. He's also a friend and he goes, why are your podcast so long? Like some of my podcasts go 30, 45 minutes an hour sure. long. They're like, but the 24 minutes is the average commute. I'm like, you know, they have a pause button on podcast players. I don't understand what this <laughs> obsession with 24 minutes. Is. Well, I, it's some, some numbers, some, some so-called podcast consultant came up with that. 
they were selling at a nine ninety nine uh, plan that you could get for the next three hours. So no, I there's no there's no magic length. The magic length is is it engaging? Are we not wasting the listeners' time? Are are we are we having uh, putting out good information? As long as you're doing that, even with when Rob and I do the new media show, sometimes we run out. We get to hour ten, and I'm like, Rob, I think I think we've kind of run out. Let's let's bounce, <laughs> even though it's a ninety minute show. Sometimes we can go an hour forty, but most of the times, right there around the one twenty one twenty five mark, we're kind of finding that okay, we've we've talked through what we need to talk through. It's time to go. And you'll see that what we provide our podcast uh, uh, listeners the ability to see when uh, when the audience members drop off. Not for those who subscribe or follow, but those who are actively playing. And we can actually see that drop off of where where they leave the the, the from active listening. Right. And uh, we've made changes to the show based upon looking at that data. Yeah, it's amazing the analytics you get from Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Podcasts. Not only the plays. But when people are dropping off, that's well, one of the, one of the things I'm really a stickler for. And I know you can appreciate it because you have the microphone and the headphones. I I always tell people you've got to have a microphone, like a real microphone, not the built in, not your AirPods. And you got to have headphones. And I had a, a guest come up a couple months ago and they had to tick the boxes when they scheduled on my on my podcast that I will use headphones and microphones. And I'm like, where's your headphones and microphone? Oh, I, I never use those. And. I was really professional, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, if I walked in your house and you say, take your shoes off. I'm like, I never take my shoes off. That's rude. Right. And I told her, I said, we can't do the show. And she's like, what? I'm like, I told you very clearly because this is for the listener. I want the listener to hear you. And right. before I started enforcing this rule, if, if I had a microphone and they were using like their built-in speakers, people stop listening Yeah, because they yeah. don't like that. They don't like the quality mic from the announce from the host and then an inferior mic with the guest, unless sure. you're an Oprah or Richard Branson, people will forgive because of their A-listers. But for the rest of us human beings, they want to be able to hear similar audio. Is that not true? It's true. They want to, you know, they'll forgive you for bad video, but they won't forgive you for bad audio. Now, going back to the stats, what I was referring to is the stats we provide to Blueberry hosting customers. While Google and Spotify and those folks give you assortment of stuff. You really need that full view of the entire listening audience because, again, with the number of devices that people are listening to podcasts today, most podcast shows will have at least 50 or 60 different types of devices that are listening to the show, whether it be a, 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 a L E X A, an Amazon device, or, <laughs> um, you know, so you, you can, you have to kind of see broadly what happens. Those little, looks into windows within specific services are cool, but you need that often need that consolidated view. Hmm. Fascinating conversation before we wrap up. Is there anything that we didn't get to that you want to share with the audience? Cause you're obviously a man of wealth when it comes to podcasting, having been starting before Joe Rogan, who everyone knows who Joe Rogan is. So is there anything else that you want to share. I mean, I'll give you the, the opportunity to share with us. Yeah, sure. I think, you know, the main thing that, um, you know, being in, as a podcaster and also on the business side of podcasting, one thing that we're, we work very, very hard is to make our services and content accessible. Um, this year, we introduced uh, closed captioning for podcasts. It's the first ever closed captioning a, a player that a, a podcaster can uh, place on their webpage. And it really, 
what we're finding is is that while podcasting has been accessible, obviously for for folks that have are vision impaired because they have no hearing impairment, there's this huge community of folks that are not only completely hearing impaired but have uh, less hearing. You know, basically they have to wear a hearing aid or something like that. And we found this adoption of this closed captioning uh, that we're providing now has went over just crazily because people are following along with the content and we can actually see the the usage of that. It's it's really pretty amazing. So if you're a content creator out there and you think about this audio medium, if we are not serving everyone, we should really try to do that. So it's something we're pretty proud of that we've launched this year at Blueberry Podcasting is that closed caption stuff. But other than that, you know, check us out. And uh, if you have any questions for me, you can always drop me an email, Todd at Blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the E's because we couldn't afford the E's. They were $2 million. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. You know, when I did the intro, I'm like, is it Blueberry or Blueberry? I, yeah, sure, blueberry. So I, guess, I guess right. <laughs> yeah, Blueberry without the E's. So, uh, yeah, we'd happy to talk with you and yeah, just, you know, keep on podcasting. There's no rules either. Everything we've said here is just advice. You can have a good time and do it your way. The one thing I wish TikTok would get on board, because TikTok's the hottest thing out there right now. TikTok does not want you to have links. Like if you take your artwork, put it on Instagram, you can put your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts link in there and people sure. can click it and YouTube the same thing. But TikTok... Come on, guys. It's November 2022. We should have a clickable link out to another player. I guess they they really think people are never going to leave their platform. Uh, well, they TikTok. they don't. They've they've invented uh, a time yep. machine, you know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about you. You get on TikTok, next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning. You're like, where did those four hours go? I think that's where it's important, though. Is people will say, "Well, check my Instagram uh, link and all this." I think as important as a TikToker goes back to that brand, you know. You can say, hey, I'm Mark. Check me out at, you know, give the website. And you just, that takes three seconds of your TikTok. And if you do yeah. that at the end, I think it's a great way to, you know, override <laughs> the, yeah. the TikTok logo of not providing some sort of uh, link out or something. At least if people see it four or five times in a, in a couple of sessions, they'll say, oh, I, I, I know where Mark's website is. Let me go look. Yeah. What's interesting is with YouTube shorts is you could have up to 5,000 characters in your description and TikTok goes, no. And like, you know, it, eventually it's going to change. I hear rumblings are going to change because they're the only network you can't have a link. Yeah. And what's interesting is in my TikTok bio, it's got a link, but I can't say link in bio. It's like, right. what'd you give me a link for? <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, I don't, it doesn't compute. So they're, they're going to be doing some more stuff in podcasting too. I can't say I'm under NDA, but uh, it's, you know, the, there's stuff under, yeah, they're working at things. So don't be surprised if uh, there isn't more podcasting support in TikTok. Well, interesting because Facebook gave up the ghost. They did it for what, three, yeah. four months? And yeah, they just they, said, ah, oh, it's not for us. <laughs> that's crazy too. And we spent a lot of time integrating with them. And then they just like, oh, this isn't going to work. We're, we're going to go do something else. <laughs> we'll see what Twitter does too. Now with Twitter with uh, new ownership, we'll see yep. if they open it up. We'll see what happens. It's a fun time. Yeah, I, I really, you know, every time I wake up and I, I on Apple News, come I'm an Apple guy, uh, I have Apple News, and I always follow Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, podcasting, all that stuff. And it's always something new every day. And it's like, finally, Twitter is going to have the full 
full vertical videos to the last platform to do it because everyone is changing to the TikTok. And I think for con- content creators, if you are adaptable, if you understand the changes and for the users, this is a good time to be alive because the social media sites and the plat- podcast players are all trying to compete for our attention. Mm-hmm. And I love how Gary Vaynerchuk says, don't worry about the platform. Worry about what attention is. See a lot of people like I got to go on TikTok, but that's where everybody is. And he's always going. If if there's another platform came out, like the green grass platform came out, and that's where everybody was, that's where I'm going to be. You need to go where the attention is, not where you're comfortable. I've got a friend of mine who only does Instagram, mm-hmm. and I told them, hey, your clients are on TikTok too. I don't want to learn TikTok. I said, well, that's a mistake. You right. don't want to learn. Yep. You have you have clients on TikTok. You owe it to them to try to learn the platform. But when you say I can't, then you're saying I really don't care about my my audience. Yeah, I think you have to be everywhere. And I think the key, though, is find out where your tribe is primarily from a social standpoint and, you know, and definitely spend as much time there as possible and then use these other platforms for for new business. 100%. 100%. Todd, it's an absolute thrill having you here. I learned a lot. I'm going to start thinking about instead of just promoting my Apple podcast, use Google podcast. You know, I was doing it for a while, but you got me thinking, my man. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate everything you share with us on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review this helps the podcast get discovered and the third thing i know i'm asking a lot of you the third thing is if you know of someone who can use this episode right now why don't you just share it with them every podcast player that i'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode so if you're thinking of a family a colleague a neighbor a friend who needs to hear this episode go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so i can help them like I helped you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.